Welcome to Get Real with Casey Kasem, the podcast going behind the scenes of the fantasy sports industry. On this one, I talked with Dr. Kevin Murray of Fantasy Football Unlimited and Football Guys. Our great conversation included talk about starting his own site, being named Fantasy Football Commissioner of the Year, his famous red jacket, the Scott Fishbowl live draft in Seattle, being an injury and rehab doctor, his 10-year-old joining five leagues by accident, and a whole lot more. Make sure you're following Kevin on Twitter at Dr. KJ Murray. You can follow me on Twitter at the Casey Kasem and the podcast at Get Real underscore pod. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. This episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem is sponsored by my rad patrons on Patreon. You can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash Casey Kasem. 2023 is going to be huge for Get Real, including a revamped Patreon. Also, a big thank you to all of the listeners. Y'all don't even know, it is so, so awesome to see how many people actually listen to this podcast. Whether it's one episode or you've listened to every single one, since it's the end of the year, I just wanted to let y'all know how much you mean to me and how much you mean to this podcast. It wouldn't be here without you. So again, I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Okay, and now here's Kevin Murray on Get Real with Casey Kasem. Live. <laughs> All right, Kevin. <laughs> it's been a night, but I'm glad that I can actually get to sit down with you and have a chat. How's your day been going? It's been good. It's been it's been another good day in my world. I can't complain. That's awesome to hear. Now, I was talking to Kevin prior to this. I already knew how he was, but I wanted the audience to actually get a feel because you guys are tuning in to listen to Kevin Murray talk about some awesome stuff. You guys know Dr. Kevin Murray. We'll talk about the doctor part. We'll talk about all the fun stuff as we get going. But Kevin, first and foremost, I want to know, how did you get started playing fantasy football in the first place? Yeah, great question. I, um, you know, I grew up just obsessed with sports. Um, in, in the, in the eighties, I, I just, I love sports. It was everything that I did. I didn't watch cartoons. I watched sports center, right? I, I, you know, when I played, I, I, when I played with toys, I was simulating football games and basketball games and baseball games. So I just, I grew up loving sports and I got into like, you know, card collecting, baseball cards, football cards. And obviously with card collecting, you kind of get, you know, consumed with stats, right? You start looking at the back of the cards and, and the values of the cards were obviously related to how good those players were. So you got to, you know, as a kid, got to really understand the idea of stats and statistics. So as a sports fan, you know, loving, loving all things sports uh, and stats as well. Um, I had, it was probably around 1990 or so. I had, I was watching sports center, of course, and I saw a segment on uh, about fantasy football and I'd never heard the term. I just thought, wow, that's, that's interesting. It was a big, you know, a big room with a bunch of people drafting their teams. And they just did a little spot on the growth of fantasy football. And that kind of stuck with me and it got me thinking, well, that's, that sounds neat. I love sports. I love stats, but I was just, just a young kid. Um, and then fast forward about 1995, I opened up my sporting news newspaper and sure enough, there was an ad for the, for the sporting news, fantasy football um, contest of something like that. Right. So, um, so it, you know, made me think about the, the, the idea of fantasy sports. And I thought, I, I got I to gotta try this. So fortunately, my mom let me sign up for that. Um, and it was just a, an awesome experience. I, uh, it was basically like a rotisserie league where you would you'd send in your, your votes your send, or send in your players, uh, send in um, your, your roster changes and whatnot. And then you'd get the results midweek and, and basically you'd compete. I, I competed in a, in a league of 25 and then there was a large conference and then there was a, just a full on, you know, prize with thousands of people. But in my league of 25, I finished in first place. Uh, 
So I won a lot of money in that, which was so much fun, but it was the experience playing fantasy that just got me hooked. Playing in a league that big or with that many people at one time, did it prepare you for like Scott Fishbowl and all of that fun chaos? Well, there was a lot, you know, between that <laughs> and then once I finally got into Scott Fishbowl, I had a lot of fantasy in between. So in 1995, I didn't really, I know, I didn't know anyone that played fantasy. I'd never really even heard the term amongst friends or family or, or whomever I, I, uh, I contacted. And so it was my, I just dove in and I, you know, basically fell in love with the game before anyone even knew what it was in my world. Uh, and then from there, the funny thing is I, I, um, I work part-time at like a Napa auto part distribution center and a bunch of the guys, like older guys, full-time employees, they would always, they would be talking about their fantasy football league. And this is just around the same time where I just won that league and experienced that. So, <laughs> um, so I was just a young kid, but what I do is when they'd go home at night, I would purposefully leave little jots of, uh, I would jot down notes of players and rankings and I would leave it in their station where they worked <laughs> Just so, just so it would trigger a conversation, right? I, I didn't know these guys very well, and I just I wanted I wanted to play in a, in a real you know league, like a home type league. And sure enough, it it triggered that invitation, and um, and I got to play in that league for for several years. Uh, it was it was a ton of fun. That is so cool to even hear that backstory. It, it's a lot different than a lot of people we've had on here's backstories. So it's it's pretty interesting. I, I how people fall into fantasy football. Yeah, it's 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 everyone has their own path, but um, you know, mine was was fun. I just and I did it obviously pre, you know, internet, right? So I was you know calling in the lineups and checking the newspapers for scores, and and I was just a young kid, but I you know I really became kind of enthralled with the whole game of fantasy and collecting cards and all the fun stuff that we do as kids. Did you have any sports teams or players that you were? really into when you were growing up a uh, good question yeah so my the first season that i really remember was 1985 and so uh for those that you know go back that far the 1985 the 85 bears were were incredible uh, as a as a kind of way to get introduced into the game fully right so the characters ditka and and walter payton and and um, you know, Dan Hamp, Jim McMahon, and then all the defensive players, you know, Richard Dent, Mike Singletary, Dan Hampton. It was such an incredible team, nearly undefeated, the Super Bowl shuffle. Like they had so much personality and character that it was easy to get, you know, hooked into football with that. And then just being a Seattle guy, you know, I knew that I was, you know, I'm supposed to love Steve Largent. And I, I surely did. He was, he was incredible. Uh, but the Seattle Seahawks and the Mariners and the Sonics, they weren't that great in the 80s or the 90s for the most part. I mean, Mariners played pretty well for a little bit, right, with Griffey and yeah. everything. But um, as a kid, the local sports scene wasn't great. So it And then the card collecting, it really shifted me to, to look nationally. And I really became like a, a player's fan, right? I would, you know, obviously Michael Jordan. and um, But also, it kind of got dictated by like what I could see on TV. You know, TBS always aired you know the atlanta foul or atlanta hawks and the and the atlanta braves and so i i got you know i i had my my stints where i would i loved the braves for a while or i you know i love dominique wilkins um there was just certain players around the country that i'd get exposed to but obviously jordan um, montana rice those guys were huge and then eventually when barry sanders hit the scene it was over that was that was my guy 
<laughs> that was your guy. And is he still yeah. your guy? He is. Yeah, I love I love Barry Sanders. Yep. That's, that's uh, memories. I mean, <laughs> so many good memories. Eighty five. If I, if I could have seen seen that and remembered it, but I was just a, just a baby. Just a yeah, baby. yeah. <laughs> but that sounds so awesome. Um, so. What about getting involved with fantasy football when you first started to actually play fantasy football, like in these leagues, what was the first thing that kind of you had, you know, reservations about, or you were a little nervous about? I mean, I was, I started young at a time where not a lot of people were doing it. So I kind of just dove right in and I, and I, I was confident with my sports knowledge. I was maybe overconfident. And so I um, i don't recall being nervous about it. I just wanted to win. Um, and so much that I, um, you know, when I started uh, chiropractic school, like in 2001 or so, I had, again, just been playing in that that league that, I, that was in Napa, Napa Auto Parts. Fun experience. But we moved to California, my wife and I. And, um, and as soon as I started school, you know, we start school with a, with a ton of people, you know, you want to get close and connect with people. And I thought this is right around the time Yahoo kicked off online, you know, fantasy. And so I thought, gosh, what a great way to meet people and get connected. So I started a fantasy football league, you know, right when we started school. Uh, and it was amazing because it, it carried us through all the, you know, all the years of school, we'd play fantasy, baseball, basketball, football, uh, you know, we'd spend so much time in the computer lab just doing our rosters and, and trades and, and waiver wires. We spend more we spent more time in the computer lab, you know, with fantasy than we did anatomy and physiology. So it was a, a great time, and that that really kind of established my my start commissioning leagues and all that. So it was it was a blast. So tell me more about the background of going to school. Um, let everybody know exactly what made you decide that that's what you wanted to do. Well, growing up, uh, again, obsessed with sports, obsessed with ESPN, Sports Center, all that. I I always wanted to grow up and be like Dan Patrick or Chris Berman. You know, that's what I always thought I was going to end up doing or wanting to do. Uh, but at some point um, later on, I I was I was introduced to chiropractic and introduced to kind of how what that type of career would consist of, and I was really into to health and fitness. And and at the time, I was you know deciding what I wanted to do. Um, there were some influences around me that that kind of suggested that was a good a route to go. So I I went to school with the under my undergrad, uh, and then um, and then all kind of prepping to go down to chiropractic school in California. Uh, just got I got married to my high school sweetheart um, at that in, or after I completed my undergrad, and we went down to California, and then I went to through chiropractic school. And that's something that you're still doing now, obviously. Um, yes. So I, yes. So how is um how would you say balancing fantasy football life and then being a chiropractor like how how do you balance all of that? Yeah, you know, it's 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 great. I mean, obviously as a as an entrepreneur and and business owner, I I can control a lot in regards to my schedule and and time. Um I did obviously in those early years um my wife she runs she runs the office, handles just about everything on the business side of things. Um, and so I could always just kind of focus on patients, but we were really dedicated for, you know, a decade where we were, you know, working insane hours and, and there wasn't a lot of room, um, for, for much else. I, I, you know, in those, during those years, I wasn't really aware of the, the fantasy football world, uh, in regards to the industry and the community. I, 
you know, I always made my own rankings and I'd get magazines and, and look at, at rankings. I was obsessed with fantasy and it led to me being obsessed with, with the commissioner side of things. But even at that time, you know, when we were, when we were just obsessed with, with the office and, and, and running a business, I, um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a good balance in regards to fantasy because I just didn't even know how much was out there for me to, to get into. But over time, you know, when it came to a lot of the commissioner stuff I did and all the stuff over the top for our league, um, the, the advantage of being a business owner and, and calling my own shots uh, really has allowed me to, to be more flexible with, with my schedule. And, and uh, it's not difficult to, to, you know, get on Twitter in between patients or, 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 or whatnot and, and, and do things uh, to balance, balance it out. But I would say that there's always been that desire to, to dive deeper into fantasy because I've been a fantasy consumer and commissioner longer than I've been a chiropractor. And so my heart, I mean, it's, it's all in, in, in fantasy. There's, there's a lot I want to do in this space, you know, moving forward. You can, you can really tell tell that you're in love with being a commissioner with fantasy football in general, but I want to talk to you more about commissioning and being a commissioner because I know people listening to this, maybe they either want to start a league or they want to switch their league from redraft to dynasty, or they want to do something. And they, they kind of want some tips and tricks from, you know, the quote unquote, the commissioner, you know, so <laughs> can you go ahead and just kind of give some of your, your tips for commissioners? Yeah, great. I mean, obviously the foundation of the fantasy experience is that league league experience, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in, in the foundation of that league experience is the people in it, right? So you have to obviously first, get a good group of people together. When I first established the league that I'm well, I guess, well known for, uh, it goes back to that, that starting the chiropractic school, but it was all transformed around 2010 or so where I, I decided to make it a live local league. And so if you can, if you have that, that ability to make it live and local, the ability to have a live draft makes such a difference. So if you can get together a great group group of people and do a live draft and, and other experiences together. It goes so far when it comes to engagement, you know, the more people know each other, the more they'll engage in trash talk. And it's easier to trade with people that, you know, it's easier to, to stay engaged in a league where you know the people. So you want to have a good, a good group of people, you know, ideally you'd love to have a, a live draft. It's not mandatory. Obviously in this world, we can do a lot online, um, but engagement is is so important. So as a commissioner, you have to kind of go a little bit above and beyond to keep that group together. So you have to obviously be a good leader, right? You have to be able mm-hmm. to to work with people and work w- through things with people. So you want to obviously establish good rules. Um, you want to make sure that that you hype the league experience. In today's world, we play with so many you know, a lot of people play in a lot of leagues, right? Multiple leagues. And so you often will kind of focus on the leagues you're doing well in. Whereas, you know, to me, the more you make that league experience special and people focus on that specific league, um, the more engaged they are, right? So going above and beyond for a live draft, going above and beyond for league engagement and weekly engagement, um, you know, doing videos and, and power rankings and that kind of stuff for, for a league makes a huge difference to keep people focused on your league. Because when people aren't engaged in a league, 
often that league will 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 fail to thrive, right? right. You want to make sure the league is is active with communication. Uh, and again, if you're if your engagement is high and people are fighting for uh, for that league trophy and and the celebration that might happen at a live draft, that league will will find a lot of success. I think a lot of times I, I see people, you know, will tell me like in, in my own league, you know, I'm doing well in this league, I'm doing well in that league, but the only league that matters is the MFL and that's our home league. And that means a lot to me. It, it, it kind of shows me that, hey, all the stuff that I've done over the top for this league keeps people focused on it. And, and to me, again, I, the main thing is, is the connections, right? I love fantasy, not just because it helps us enjoy football more, but because it helps people, people stay connected. You know, it helps create new connections. You know, in my experience with all, with our league specifically, the relationships that I've seen form amongst people that did not know each other 10 years ago, but now have, you know, outstanding relationships that go far beyond fantasy is, you know, is everything to me. That's what, that's what it's all about to me. You're kind of, if that answers your question, (laughs) you're also kind of calling me out because I used to do all this stuff with my home league because I'm the commission of my home league used to do all kinds of stuff. And then as the years progressed and we got older and stuff, I just started toning it back. And now like half the league doesn't set a lineup. So I'm going to take your advice next season, maybe even start right now in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. But I, those are all great tips. What about um, with live drafts, people who have never done those before, is there something that you wish you would have known going into it the first time or something that you learned to incorporate into future drafts? Well, I'll tell you kind of how my like deep dive into live drafts happened. So um, when I was in that first, um, that first league, again, that was established at Napa Auto Parts, uh, <laughs> it was fun for a few years, but then what something happened where a guy was mad about some trash talk and he dropped his whole team, right? Wow. Just to kind of sabotage the league, you know, and that kind of, you know, showed me some the good and bad of fantasy and then and then i was in another league which kind of was like my primary league for you know the early 2000s it's a high stakes league i kind of found my way into it similar to provoking that invite in that first league Uh, and it was an amazing league it was incredible but it was high stakes and what happened was one year when the payments were going out they were just delayed and delayed and delayed i think that basically the commission ran off with the money so he ran into some hard times. And then I remember another league where, where I was in where, um, where the, a, guy, a guy kind of freaked out because of a stat correction from Yahoo. He thought the commissioner was, was making the changes, right? So, so basically I had seen multiple, you know, I had seen fun leagues, but then I had seen problems arise in, the league, in leagues. And so like around 2012, 2010 or so, that's where I just said, okay, like I have, I'm, I'm pretty creative, and I have a good group of people that I can form a fun league with. And so I, that's where I said, okay, I, let's just do a live draft. And, and then I got creative about it. And I, and I just from that day, that first live draft, you know, we had walk-up music. Um, it was all kind of a surprise to him. I, I set up low. I had my brother who was a graphic designer put in a bunch of content uh, with their, basically making logos for the league. Um, we did walk-up music. I did a big speech for it. I introduced the trophy. And so those kind of things, right, for a live draft just made such a, a big impression on the league. And that's where, you know, each year after that, I kind of would just add to it and add to it and add to it. So 
that's that's where my kind of passion for live drafts and making them kind of a special hyped up event came from. If that answers your question, I, I talked so long I didn't no, even. I, I don't remember you your because, question. You know, okay. Half the time I don't remember. If you listen to this podcast, you yeah. know that I don't remember what I'm saying half the time. So <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But okay. So with commissioning and doing live drafts and everything, that is that's one beast. But like setting up a, a league altogether is like crazy. Do you have any advice for people who are? I know that you like you went. To, to your you know co-workers and things like that people you could at school but is there any other advice for places that people can find cool leagues to join or or good leagues to join yeah locally i mean that's tricky i mean people might not know 12 other people that love fantasy right. but if you look at it and you kind of divide your league into you know two or three groups you know if you know two or three people they can probably find two or three people themselves and so uh, having you know, not not taking it all on yourself to fill the league, but making sure that you 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 know, in my my case, you know, you like you would establish kind of a board of a board of directors for your league. You know, pick two other people that you want to help kind of go over as a as a sounding board for rules and that kind of stuff, and then see if they can also find two or three other people that that they feel are passionate about fantasy, or at least at the same kind of level of of competitiveness. Um, so there's ways to obviously find people in and around you, in around your area that you might not know, um, but through other connections, you 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 probably can find 12, 12 people. And then obviously on or 10 people or whatever you want to do for your league. And then obviously online. I mean, there's just so many different places where you can you can run into people. You know, you might not know what you're going to get, but, you know, there's Facebook pages and and uh, and obviously Twitter, the community there i mean there's just so many people out there that love fantasy um, and sometimes it might take a while longer than you want uh, but like for in your case i mean you never want to kick people out of your league right it's not fun but if you look at your league you know could you maybe start a second league with some of the more dedicated people and mm -hmm. then add more dedicated people to that probably you know in the dallas area or i mean i don't know exactly where you are but a lot of people that love fantasy yeah. and we know a lot of people right oh, yeah, down there in the community in my, in my league so yeah which <laughs> like, which for, i will say how fun is she to draft with i remember oh my gosh she's the I mean, best i love it when she's we when we her. did um, draft night yeah. out right at, at, yeah. uh, i think that was the sports con one mm -hmm. she was hilarious the way oh, she was slamming it. those those player names on the on the board and that was fun so it was fun playing a fantasy league with you um, at that time. But yeah, you, you know, look around and, and, and if it's not your home league that, that you think has the potential of making it special, we'll pivot, continue that league, but just have it more of a side fun league, mm -hmm. but find, you know, find some others that might be a little more dedicated. And, and it's, you know, with that, you could probably find the league that you want. It takes time. It takes right. time to establish a dream league. It doesn't happen overnight. And my biggest, my biggest problem is that I have to find my home league is all women. We're not like haters of men or anything. It's just, it's all women because I wanted to get my friends involved. And a yeah. lot of my guy friends already played. I want to get my sure. friends that are chicks involved and having fun. So yeah, that, that was hard. But once we, like you said, a couple of people brought in a couple of people. And now I've got friends that I met five or six years ago because of fantasy football. So yeah, that's dope. Yeah. yeah. In the big picture. I mean, even if that league might not be as competitive and people might, not set their lineups. I mean, the connections you have from it mm -hmm. 
at the end of the day is what it's all about. You have this title that I, I envy. I'm sure everybody out there envies of the fantasy football commissioner, commission, commission, commission of the year. Can you tell everyone exactly what that's all about? Yeah, it's a title that just doesn't go away, and I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. so basically, the you know ESPN had a contest in 2016 for Commissioner of the Year. They partnered with Pizza Hut uh, for this contest, um, and at that point, this is several years of me kind of going overboard with our league. I, again, every year I would just try to add new elements, um, and so our league kind of got wind of this this Commissioner of the Year contest. Uh, and so what they were going to do, basically, what they did do was they they named a commissioner of the week each week of the season uh, or for 14 weeks or something like that. And then each week, those commission, the commissioner of the week actually won a really cool prize. Uh, every prize was different. Uh, I got I won commissioner of the week. You know, this is 2016. And I got interviewed on Fantasy Focus, you know, by Field Yates. Uh, and that was that was incredible. That was so much fun. Uh, and they had other gifts that were just really, really cool. Uh, but the cool, the best part is at the end of the year, uh, they they had a panel of judges that selected the commissioner of the year out of the commissioner of the week winners. Uh, and so fortunately, you know, it was, it was based on just how much the commissioner did for their league to make it, uh, you know, above and beyond uh, a normal a normal league. And so I was so basically, Field Gates did like a you know live show to announce the winner and sure enough i was named uh, fantasy football commissioner of the year uh, which was just mind-blowing because again from my perspective you know i was obsessed with espn sports center as a kid uh, obviously very much dedicated to to fantasy and and being a commissioner so it was just the ultimate honor to to be recognized like that uh, throughout the contest you know when my league mates and myself are kind of posting our our league, you know, features and in videos and that kind of stuff. I got to meet so many amazing people on Twitter. Like before, before that contest, I didn't know anybody in the industry really. I just, you know, myself love fantasy. Whereas when that contest started, I got to meet so many great people. And you know, 2015, 2016, there's so many people that's kind of started around that time mm -hmm. and, and the people that have risen up during from during that time it's been so cool to see but so they have the contest again they named the winner and it just blew my mind because the prize package was was just unreal i mean i i won like a ten thousand dollar um commissioner of your ring with wow. diamonds and rubies and <laughs> and my, my name on it and and as you know the the red jacket um right, course, that that that's how yeah, people have seen that before that's a that's a commissioner of the year jacket uh, custom made for me um, by ESPN, which was insane. And then they gave me, you know, like three years of free pizza from Pizza Hut. I got a, you know, a very large uh, Amazon gift card from them. And then the obviously the coolest part for me was they flew me and a friend out to New York. And then they picked me up. They picked us up in New York and drove us out to Bristol, Connecticut to spend the day at the ESPN Fantasy Ranking Summit. So oh, with wow. Basically, all the ESPN fantasy people came to come together each year to set the rankings for the next season. So we had to spend the whole day there with with Matthew Barry and, and Field Yates and Daniel Dopp and Mike Clay and and Stefania Bell. 
Uh, and as a kid, again, who just was obsessed with Sports Center, got to tour the ESPN campus, go on the ESPN set of the Sports Center set, sit at the desk, take pictures. They had a photographer following me all around the campus, uh, and they treated us so well. Like it, it was such, it was so neat to see that side of ESPN. You always think, you know, big corporate kind of thing. Whereas this community, you know, it's just. You know, the, the campus is just kind of like a small, you know, college type campus. And the people were just so kind and supportive. And and it was a mind blowing experience for me specifically with the love for 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 ESPN and Sports Center and all that. And then to have that all happen because of, you know, being a fantasy commissioner, it just I mean, it, it really impacted my life a ton. So. I love to hear that story because it's putting a huge smile on my face. I can just imagine how I'd feel being there. I'm sure my heart would be pounding a million miles an hour and I'd be sweating and everything. But, you know, I've seen you out at different events in the fantasy football world and you're a very personable person. You get along really well with people. You, I could see you talking to all kinds of people, getting pictures and all that stuff. When you go to these events with all of these other like-minded people, what do you think about having such a group of people come together, like at one of those fantasy events? Does it just blow your mind too? It absolutely does. I mean, it is, it is the best to me. Like it's, you know, again, being around so many people that share the same love and passion for, for fantasy. um, And just in my experience, meeting so many great people from, from that, just the top of the industry to, all of the people that that just are grinding to to make a name for themselves you know the it doesn't matter you know who it is on the spectrum um it's the industry and the community is just filled with amazing people and there's nothing like like the fantasy football expo you know that bob lung puts together especially this last year i mean the amount of people from the community and the industry that join together mm-hmm. and just share all that you know such a fun weekend together uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not something I ever anticip- anticipated to define myself in, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know that, you know, again, I had a, my own professional career and, and, and never realized that, that I could dive into something like this and meet so many wonderful people. Well, how did you dive into getting into being involved in the industry and being a part of the industry? What was that trend? You know, how did that I can't even come up with words tonight. So no, I, I hear exactly what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> what was, you know, the bridge between those two? How did you yeah. go from point A to point B? Yeah. So again, I was just independently obsessed with fantasy and doing the commissioner thing and just coming up with creative ideas. And then it was, it was that contest, the fantasy football, you know, commissioner of the year contest that brought me to Twitter and brought me to, I guess, to, activate my old account right and yeah. <laughs> and through that the support encouragement you know excitement that i got from people within the industry all the love for the you know fun league stuff that that we put out it just got me connected with so many people just all of a sudden right so i, I found this new world all these fantasy people um got you know i remember just finding like the fantasy footballers when they were you know, in the closet upstairs, you know, right in the, in the kid's bedroom. I remember finding them early and connecting with them and all because of that contest. And then, um, and then 
going to ESPN and, and having that type of experience, it just made me think, okay, what can I do to get more involved? I love, obviously I love this game. I love these, the, you know, the community. What can I do to get more involved? That led right into um, uh, the national fantasy football convention. Right. So, you know, you were there, you know, I can remember those days. And I, and I remember so many people there that were, just so eager to be in the community plus you got to meet so many people when i was when i was doing like early um uh you know fantasy leagues on yahoo i you know i remember brad evans and brandon funston uh andy barons i remember you know watching their clips and and then getting to meet them at at um at the nffc and having them know who i was from twitter and, and people recognizing the jacket and you know meeting liz loza that was just another one right on top of the commissioner of the year experience where i thought oh man this is so much fun and i brought my buddies with me and they were so supportive and and then the next year sports con went back and met even more people so through those years i met so many you know people all over the spectrum of the industry i just really wanted to to get more involved and so through that again i didn't realize how many people were out there creating content how many people were out there just obsessed with the game and i learned about all these new resources and brands and podcasts and people that were you know obsessed with fantasy and i thought wow i'm i've been addicted and obsessed with fantasy for 20 years and i didn't know these people even existed so it made me think well the average player person that plays fantasy they just stick with you know yahoo analysts or espn analysts or the people that are provided to them and so i Mm -hmm. thought I want to, you know, figure out a way to, you know, to get more exposure for these people that are hustling so much, all these wonderful people that are, you know, just dedicated to fantasy. And so that's where I thought about the idea of the Fantasy Football Unlimited a website that I created. It's basically just a, a, a portal into the industry where there's re- links to all the different resources and different categories that I could come up with. And it's an ever expanding, you know, process and, 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 uh, uh, project for myself um but i want that's one way i wanted to contribute is to try to get more exposure for all these people that are trying to make a make a a career and and a life in the fantasy industry so it's it's great over there like seriously if you haven't checked it out you need to because all kinds of resources that i didn't even know existed like you were saying and i'm i found podcasts and i found sites and found all kinds of information just by visiting your site that you put together to help others out so i'm glad we kind of have the same idea that we want to help others out because there's so there's so much out there there's and and it's so fun again these people there's so many like you go to the expo or you know other other events i mean there's just so many people that that are fully their lives are dedicated to this and they're doing great work right and and i just you know i love you know promoting people and helping people out as as much as i can as a living that's what i kind of do is i i help people i get a lot of joy in, in getting people well physically and and uh and i also you know on the fantasy side i love doing what i, what I can to support you know all the great people out there And, you know, you are one of the supportive people out there in the community, which is awesome to see if people are nervous about networking or talking to other people that are in the industry or just ask, you know, reaching out. How do you how do you think that they should go about doing that so they feel comfortable and the other party doesn't think that they're, you know, spamming the inbox? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is to is just to be interactive on on Twitter. I say again, if you want to get involved in the fantasy industry, that's essentially the place to be. And mm-hmm. I think the more active you are, the better. The more positive you are, the better. Um, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of you know there can be negativity and there can be different approaches that people take that probably don't withstand uh, time. Uh, just you know, if you're abrasive, if you're you know, if you're if you're not um, if you don't lead with with positivity and and and, and compassion and and uh, you know being reasonable online, you're probably not going to get very far. So I would I would really just try to interact with people. Um, the more you interact with people, the more they'll you know they'll get a sense that you're probably a, a good person. Uh, and once that happens, sure, yeah, you can you can definitely DM people, um, but try not to ask for for everything right Right. you you want to you want to i mean you want to find out how you can help them right Mm -hmm. if the more you can you can help others i think that that comes back to you you know people have you know they know that you come to them in good faith and and you know and and aren't coming from a perspective where you want something from them i think that in those cases um that's when people reciprocate the kindness and in in good gestures and that's how you can you know naturally grow over time having your own website and having basically all kinds of places listed on there, places, resources, and everything. I'm sure that takes a while. And I'm sure that it took you maybe a minute to come up with exactly what you wanted to do, but how did you decide I'm going to start an actual website and what did you, what were the steps on getting that process done? Gosh. Um, yeah, it's a it's a lot. Uh, you know, loading up the um, you know the initial pages. Uh, it took a long time to kind of figure out exactly how I wanted to do it. Once I had things kind of set up, then I just you know every once in a while I'll kind of go in and and revamp revamp the setup and add new pages and that kind of thing. Um, but it takes time. It takes time. Obviously, you need to have uh, a a goal of what you're trying to accomplish. You know, for me you know, trying to link, re, you know, link to different resources, you know, I just needed to figure out what are the different categories that that I'm aware of in fantasy, you know, do my investigation as to what else is out there and what, you know, what content um, topics deserve, you know, some some more attention. And so it just it was an evolution over time, you know, not not necessarily easy putting it all together. Uh, but again, not nothing great happens overnight for the most part. So um, just you want to have a vision of what you're trying to accomplish uh, and then slowly kind of piece it out. Hey, yeah, you, that awesome human that's listening to this podcast right now, I'm breaking in for just a moment to let you know that I know you love your fantasy football leagues. I know you do. And I know you want to get something special for the league, whether that be a draft board, a ring, a belt, a championship trophy. There's so many awesome things that you can get for your league. And if you check out Trophy Smack, that's where you need to go to get all that rad stuff. Only place you need to check out. You can go over there right now using the affiliate link in the description, and you can use code GETREALPOD for a free ring with the purchase of a trophy or belt. Note, you must have both the trophy or belt plus the ring in your cart for the discount to apply. All right, now you can get back to listening to this episode. Once somebody decides they're going to put out content or they're going to, you know, provide 
more information to people or they're going to create a website or they're going to write articles or go on podcasts once they've got that figured out how do you suggest or what would you suggest is the best way to get your content out to others so that they can get more eyes and ears on it yeah i mean i think that that getting content out there is is very very important um but you just you know if you got a you got to hustle in the beginning in regards to just putting out your, you know, your, your content. Um, you have to get it, you know, eyes on you. You have to get, mm-hmm. you know, garner some attention. And that's where invitations to, to, to write on someone's site or, or to add content to someone's site uh, begin, right? That's where you have to get noticed. You have to get found. Um, you know, from my perspective, it's obviously a little different. I, I have, um, I, I definitely gained a lot of, um, you know, connections in the industry and, and, uh, that red jacket kind of stands out. <laughs> so for me, you know, a lot of people kind of had an idea of who I was and, in my own niche, niche or niche or whatever you want to say, uh, in, in the commissioner space is, uh, is unique. Uh, whereas I think a lot of other categories, it's not as unique where, you know, you're competing with a lot of people. So if you are just, putting out more and more content, try to be mindful of that content. Um, and, and, you know, you definitely want quality. It's not just quantity. Um, but over time, if you're making good connections and, and, you know, asking people maybe through DMs, like asking for feedback on articles you're writing, um, the doors will open up. It will definitely open up. You brought up the red jacket again. So I wanted to ask, you know, how when you go to the expo or you go to like, any of those conferences or the fishbowl live draft or whatever you're wearing a red jacket and you walk in people know who you are automatically or is it like well if you're not wearing a name tag you guys all look the same so everybody's picture is this big you know tiny tiny on twitter yeah no that red jacket definitely uh, <laughs> makes it makes a difference uh, but i know like i'm at the expo i try to f- wear fun shirts like yeah, like like this last one i put together a shirt with like scott fish all over it right so um that's a great way to break the ice you know with people going to an expo which again going to the expo i highly recommend that if you want to get involved in the space you know you're going to meet so many people uh example one is i you know at 20 in 2021 I met Joe Bryant there and, and we just got to talking about commissioner topics briefly. Then he reached out to me just, you know, a few months later and said, Hey, I, I would love to bring you on board on staff at football guys and write, you know, commissioner related articles. You know, that's not going to happen unless you're at an event like that. Um, and again, when you're at an event like that, have fun, try to try to do something that's unique that might bring some attention so wearing funny shirts or fun shirts you know fantasy is all fun right so doing something like that definitely brings it out when you said a name tag in 2021 at the expo i i I wore a shirt with my picture all over the shirt and then my my twitter handles right so (laughs) just to make it fun like the shirt was a was a um, i try to not take myself too seriously Uh, and so the shirt was a you know was a name tag right so um but again, yeah, the, the red jacket definitely definitely helps a little bit. <laughs> commish, putting out commish content is so cool because there's not a whole lot of that out there. And, you know, you get what you can get and you hold on to it. So you're putting out that kind of content or putting out that kind of content. How, how do you go about thinking how you're going to look at an article? Because it's different than writing 
stats, stats, stats. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's challenging. Um, it's still kind of a work in pro uh, in, pro- in process um, when it comes to how much content I can create on that mm-hmm. on that front. I think there's a lot there's a lot of things I I intend to get get going with the commissioner content, um, but I try to just always reel it back to to my perspective of of ways to keep engagement in leagues high. Uh, so there's a lot of creative ways to do that, and so I try to write about those those kind of things. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think obviously the content with commissioner type type content is, is more evergreen. So that's an Mm -hmm. advantage. Whereas a lot of times when you're writing about stats and players and in performances, uh, it's, you know, it's here and there, right. It's here and then it's gone. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, it doesn't always apply in the long run. So you kind of got to get in with stats and get out and, and then on to the next one where for me, you know, being more focused on the long term and just ways to enhance the fantasy experience. Um, it some of that comes naturally, but writing isn't always the the easiest thing. It's easy to kind of fall into a, a block and and get you know have to have to work through those blocks. Um, but you know, it's it's what I love so much. So I, I'm I'm really happy to to dive into that more. And when you guest on other people's podcast or you go into a situation where you're, you know, talking to people from another site or whatever, if you're, how do you psych yourself up? What, what is the process before you go into podcasting or go into something like that video, yeah. whatever? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I love to know who that person is and, and what they're, what they're about. Uh, you've done such an incredible job with this podcast. You've, you've interviewed so many wonderful people. Um, and so it's easy to, you know, you know, I, I listen to this podcast. I love the interviews. And, and so, it's good to know who you're, you, who you're being seen or who being talked to by and, and interviewed by. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, you know, I'm, I, I want to investigate, you know, who, who it is I'm talking to. And then in regards to psyching myself up, I mean, I, I love fantasy. So, and I love yeah. to talk about, you know, being a commissioner and, and the things that, that I, you know, my perspective on, on that. Uh, so it's, it's easy for me to talk fantasy with, with whomever. <laughs> And, and that's a good segue into talking fantasy at a live another live draft, which you went to the Scott Fish. You went to a Scott Fish Bowl live draft. Can you tell everybody how that experience was? Because a lot of us are jealous. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> uh, that was one of the the best experiences in my fantasy career. Right, so uh, my my time in this space, uh, getting that. You know, I remember Scott talk. You know, Scott mentioned the idea of the live draft a couple of years ago to me and. You know, it was just like, wow, that would be fun. Obviously, that's my that's my bread and butter. That's 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 what I'm all about. And so, having him kind of mention that, and then this last year, hearing more and more about it, we, you know, at the FSGA, we spent a lot of time together, and just hearing some of the the insides of of what um what what was to come was really exciting. And getting that nod from Scott to um to host the Seattle Live Draft was 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 the best. And we had such a good time. You know, I had mentioned that, that, you know, in my early days, I, I just did a lot of the fantasy stuff myself, right? I didn't dive into a lot of the different, you know, industry analysts and whatnot, but I, I do, I did spend a lot of time watching videos from Brandon Funston and Andy Barons and Brad Evans. And, and when we hosted the Seattle live draft, I, you know, I, when I found out I was going to do it, I reached out to, to Brandon Funston right away because he's local here and said, Hey, you know, 
if you can make this, that would be so fantastic. And sure enough, he was so excited. And so to host a live draft with Brandon Funston, you know, an industry legend, somebody that I've been, you know, watching clips from for, for 20 years um, was, was such a blast. And the group that we had was, it was amazing because I didn't realize how many people were just not too far from where I'm at. And I think that's what a lot of people found in different cities is, it's amazing how many people in the industry and in the community that are not too far. So we had a fun time. I had a terrible season. Uh, my gosh, my team, the injuries and some of the, the draft day mistakes I made weren't the best. Um, but the group was incredible. Uh, Gary Haddow was was um, was in the group. So so I made it a point to, you know, in our big live draft setup to have a, a big uh, championship banner for, for him there that was representing his SFB nine championship. So we did some fun things to, to celebrate him. You know, he brought his, his, uh, his Scott fishbowl, um, trophy that was from, from trophy smack. Um, and he was drinking beer out of it on our red carpet. Uh, it was, it was just such a fun experience. And again, the whole season has been fun with that group. Um, and, you know, it was such a an honor to host such a special event. I mean, nothing's better than Scott Fishbowl, and and uh, for Scott to to give me that nod, it was it was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, I was so jealous of all all the places like I don't know Dallas, whatever. But hopefully, we will get to do a live draft, and somebody will actually raise their hand and be like, "Okay, I want to be the person in charge." Because no, <laughs> I don't think any of us wanted to be in charge of one of those anyway. <laughs> It was a lot of work, but it was, it was, uh, you know, the, the setup that I did, it was, is pretty simple, you know, some, there's always some similarities to what I've done in the past. So for me, it was, you know, it was, I kind of made for, for doing that, that kind of thing. It was, and again, it was still, it was, it was a lot of work, but so much fun and so special, something I won't forget. And I'm sure most people listening to this know what the Scott Fish Bowl is because hopefully they've listened to other episodes, including Scott Fish's episode. But uh, I want to know, how, do you know how many Scott Fish Bowls you've been in? Yeah, I, I, uh, it was cool. So again, you tie it back to the Commissioner of the Year contest. Mm -hmm. I had you know just gone to ESPN, didn't really know what the Scott Fish Bowl was. I had you know, interacted with Scott a little bit because of that commissioner of the year award. And I, and I found out real quick that he was a legendary commissioner. Um, and then I started hearing about SFB and I didn't know about the sign up or anything like that. So I, I said, I think I reached out to him and said, Hey, or I might've tweeted something like, Hey, I'd love to be involved. And I think he, his response was, you got to sign up. <laughs> um, but the draft, the draft took place. And there was uh, a couple orphan teams that, that did not have, or that, you know, the manager wasn't active or wasn't going to participate. And so he reached out to me after the draft took place and said, Hey, you know, love what you do as a commission. I'd love for you to be involved in, in Scott Fishbowl and, and offered me a, a team. And so I took over that team. It was SFB eight. Um, and it was so much fun. You know, I, I think I made the playoffs. I mean, the team was pretty, pretty solid, but you know, I tinkered around a little bit and made the playoffs and it was so much fun. And then SFB nine rolled around um, which was mind blowing. I got into the top 20 that final weekend and I think I finished like 11th, but wow. that I, you know, I had played a lot of fantasy and obviously experienced a lot of excitement and nerves for <laughs> during the fantasy playoffs, but 
there's few things as exciting as is that final round of the Scott Fish Bowl and getting there. That that playoff gauntlet is so so tough, right? It's so hard mm-hmm. in the way it was set up back then. It was so hard to get through, and so that just blew my mind experiencing that and and then everything Scott does and charity components just. I mean, words can't describe what I think of the guy and what I think of of what he does. And so, since then, it's been so much fun. I mean, last year I I, um, I played with Matthew Barry. You know, the year before that, I played with the footballers in their league, uh, in their division. But last year, um, we did a, a special division with the Matthew Barry with Matthew Barry, where where everybody donated you know a good chunk of money um, for you know for. Um, uh, cancer research and Jimmy V right and so playing with Matthew Barry was just you know a dream come true and and then again this host in this live draft in Seattle and it's the Scott Fish you know look at I mean, Scott Fish uh, Scott Fish means means everything to me yeah. this, guy, this guy in the SFB is <laughs> is is awesome that is yeah he's awesome he's awesome he's awesome all right I want to know another awesome thing is leagues leagues are awesome we know that live drafts we were talking about that and so we all know that you probably prefer live drafts over anything but what kind of leagues are are your favorite kind of leagues is there settings or rules or just a specific type of league that you enjoy more than others yeah so i first of all i love playing in a few leagues i play in probably too many now than i like to i'm in like 11 this year um but a lot of them are kind of those you know charity industry type leagues so it's 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 been fun mm-hmm. um but i love mixing it up because it's fun having different settings and in and doing some dynasty and some redraft and some keeper uh, but if i had to choose you know it'd be like our, our home league you know two keeper um it kind of brings in that you know, that, that dynasty feel where you, you know, you have a couple of players that are, you know, are your guys. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of full PPR. You know, it, it bothers me when a, when a running back gets a, you know, catch behind the line of scrimmage and, and loses five yards, but also gets points. So, <laughs> so I've, I've, you know, I always, we always were standard for so long, but I finally got to, you know, half PPR, you know, several years ago now, but um, so half PPR, a two keeper, um, that to me, I, I love the redraft experience, mm-hmm. but I also love having dynasty as well. I think the best of both worlds. There's pros and cons to every format, but if I had my, you know, if I had to just do one league, I would do a, a keeper um, redraft. That's my that's my thing. We've been talking about keeper leagues a lot in the last few episodes because it's something that isn't talked about as much as just a full on dynasty or just a full on redraft. Is that a good bridge as well between going from redraft to dynasty or do you think that you can, eh, whatever you do, whatever, and it'll work out in the end. Cause that's how I feel. Do whatever. But you know, is that a good bridge in the middle? It is to me. I think it's the, the best bridge. I think, I mean, obviously in the end, you know, whatever league you format, you run, if your league's happy and you're all having fun, that's, that's the best league for you. Right. Right. But if you really want to, you know, maximize the experience, I feel like the keeper, uh, it adds just a few different more elements to a redraft league that, that makes it special. You know, we'll do, uh, I'll do like a keeper reveal video and, and make a big deal about who, who people are keeping. So it, those are ways to spice up the season before it starts. Right. You know, who's everyone keeping and, and how does that affect, you know, your rankings for your draft coming up uh, and making a big deal about that. So keepers are fun on that front. 
Uh, also, again, just kind of that loyalty, like having having a couple guys, you know, like so like last year, Josh Allen, Debo Samuel, they won me my championship. Um, I got I got a Debo jersey because because I love the guy. I love what he did for my team. He was my keeper this year. And I'm a Seahawks fan. So if Seahawks fan buying a, a 49ers jersey, I mean, that to me, that says something about, about what fantasy does yeah. for you. And, and again, the keeper element. I just, you know, mm-hmm. I got a connection with, with Debo. I got a connection with, with Kelsey because he's my other keeper uh, that is gone. You know, my, my connection with Kelsey has been several <laughs> years. You know, so for me to have a, yeah. you know, Kelsey jersey because he's my guy, I think it, you know, it makes sense. And it, make, it just adds another layer of fun to fantasy. Have you ever played any other types of fantasy sports besides fantasy football? Yeah, you know, so again, back in the day at, at in chiropractic school, we did basketball, baseball, we did all everything year round, and it was a ton of fun, very time consuming. And once you know, once my time was was maxed, I I just focused on fantasy football from probably two thousand and five on i think i played in like one baseball league over the years mm-hmm. um and and i think i'm in some fun basketball league right now but i don't even pay much attention to it so <laughs> uh so i i strictly focus on football because to me it's it's the it's the game that's you know it's it's the best form of fantasy to me in that it's right. you know you're set you're not daily obsessed with with your lineup if you don't if you don't want to be whereas baseball i mean it's it's consuming right in basketball too uh, mm-hmm. i i prefer football yeah i need to i need to talk to a couple of these people that are in the other sports that's why i'm trying to do more of the other sports so uh, yeah because my mind gets i can't i can't i can't even keep track of what i had for breakfast this morning so if you're trying to tell me i have to check a baseball lineup every day it's just not gonna work for me yeah and what i think it would, i think it's a great idea for you to 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 dive into you know those different sports and, 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 you know, analysts, mm-hmm. cause I would love to hear more about it. Right. And yeah. I'm sure if you did some interviews that, that got people hyped up about fantasy baseball, they might go back to it. Right. And so I would, I would love to learn more about who's out there and who are the leading, leading the industry in regards to, you know, those other sports. Um, it would be interesting to me to hear those kind of podcasts for sure. Cool. I'll keep that in mind. So, do, do you watch a lot of football? Are you that guy that watches all the games or are you a little bit here, a little bit there? Yeah. So, so growing up, I watched everything, everything that I could ever, I consumed every piece of, of, of football that I could find. I mean, back in the day, the NFL draft, I mean, I'd, I'd watch every second of it as a kid. It was my second favorite day of the year besides Christmas. Right. So I, uh, I, I used to be the guy that just watched everything. And then obviously got married and, and have a career. And, and I try to watch as much as I possibly can without fully interfering with, with, with home life. Right. So I'm just, I, I, I make sure to watch every, every primetime game. I watch every Seahawks game. So I watch a lot, but I typically don't spend all day on Sunday in front of the TV, watching, watching games. Um, but I get, I get that content other ways you know i'll watch i'll watch you know sped up versions of games you know after they're they're completed just to make sure that i'm not missing anything in regards to what players are doing out there um but i i don't spend every second unfortunately i love it you know but i also have to be a little productive here and there and and i last thing i ever want to do is sacrifice time with 
with my daughter, you know, and, and my wife and my, you know, they're, they're my world. So, so obviously I want to try to balance that as much as I can. Well, I'm glad you brought them up because I like to talk about family on here. Sometimes I forget because I, I don't know, I get so focused on the fantasy aspect. I don't think about the other stuff. So the family aspect is really cool to hear about. What do you guys like to do when you have free time? You know, what do you guys like to do for fun? Good question. So our daughter's 10. I mean, she's really active, you know, currently ice skating and, and gymnastics. You know, previously she did, did a lot of dance, uh, you know, in her earlier earlier years. Um, so doing activities with her. I love like in the summertime when the weather's good to, to go on hikes with her. We try to, you know, I, my wife, she'll, she'll avoid the hike. But my daughter and I, we always go on on adventures in the summertime. We'll always try to find, you know, waterfalls or or different peaks to 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 visit uh and and get you know spectacular views of the pacific northwest um so being active with with our daughters is a huge part of my life um uh we we love to travel and we get chances uh, that's another advantage of of my career and that can kind of create some some holes in my schedule to to get out you know so you know we used to always go you know when a three-day weekend came up we would always go somewhere so travel is 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 big to us uh, when we when we can find that time um i would love to be more you know to golf more but i just i can't find that time right now but i'm i'm working on some ways to free up a little bit more time for fantasy and in other ventures so stay tuned on that hey stay tuned on that does, does your daughter how does she feel about the red jacket is she like that or oh. you know she no she, what her, you about it? my daughter she is she is the best she's the most supportive um inspiring little angel on the planet really she <laughs> she she loves everything i do with fantasy um she loves the red jacket she's she's starred in some of our videos for our league over the years when she was little um uh and so she loves our fantasy league and loves you know, no one. Good, good example. So this year she wanted to play fantasy. Just a side note, but this is this is fun. So this she wanted to play fantasy for the first time this year, uh, and so I thought, okay, well, let's go on ESPN. Maybe if we go on a public league, if we click on click on the button at the same time, we'll get in the same league. I didn't know exactly if it was going to work, but but sure enough, uh, well, first time we clicked, it didn't work, and then it, it, we clicked on it about five times until we finally got in the same league. Every time I clicked, I made sure that that um, that I didn't join that league. But apparently, when she was clicking, she joined all those leagues. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so she's ten years old and joined her first fantasy football league, but ended up with five teams. So, so she's in five fantasy leagues, and and we had so much fun this year. Uh, in fact, I just we we're we we're just fighting for the to get into the playoffs. It was between her and I, whoever won got in, whoever lost got out. She was 20 points behind me about to easily beat me to get into the playoffs, send me home. And she had, um, uh, who, who just got, she had, uh, who got hurt. It was, uh, it was last week, right? Monday night football or Sunday night. I forget. Anyways, she, the two, it was that disastrous game, right? Stevenson went out and then um, I forget who it was, right? The quarterback. Shows you I don't. Much. Yeah, I don't remember the matchup, right? <laughs> but she basically she would have trounced me, no problem. She was, you know, she was. It was the game was done, and right when that game started, 
her two players went down mm. and I got into the playoffs. So she learned a serious lesson in fantasy uh, right off the bat. No, no, it was uh, I, it was it was that game last week that was oh, just a disaster. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but she played again five leagues. We managed those leagues together. We talked, you know, we always talked about the lineups and pickups, and so it was so much fun. So doing stuff with like that with hers is just a blast, and she couldn't be more supportive, encouraging, you know, to me. So definitely and, blessed with a, an amazing daughter. And your wife, um, and how does she feel about all the fantasy stuff? Well, she's funny you know she does not like football she's not she grew up as a gymnast and so you know her her passion for sports was you know kind of different than than team sports um she's not a huge football fan um, but she's definitely tolerated me over the years she understands how much you know how much i love fantasy and and she understands how much time i put into it and um and so so she has been very supportive in in many different ways um but when it comes to you know, diving in and watching games. She doesn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> hey, it's the same. I, I have my wife in my home league and she's like, actually she's in the playoffs. So she's always in the playoffs. So I'm like, whatever, you know, so good luck against Katie flower. But anyway, yeah. good uh, luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else do you like to do personally when you have free time and it's just you, what do you like to, what are your activities and hobbies? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I like I like going to the gym. I'm, you know, I appreciate fitness and, and exercise. Um, I would like to golf more. Uh, I I do like getting out and, and hiking. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, our, our life is 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 really filled with tons of activities. We love getting together with friends and family. Um, we love water sports. Uh, you know, you know, I love driving a boat and and <laughs> and, uh, and having our daughter water ski behind us. Um, uh, anything that's active is definitely appealing to us. Um, but we love just, just hanging out and spending time with friends and family. If you could go anywhere for a Scott fishbowl draft for a live draft, is there a specific city that you would off the top of your head that you could think of that you'd like to attend? Yeah. So I got to get to that LA draft, that LA <laughs> draft. Um, you know, I, again, I, you know, I loved what we did for our draft and it was it was a fun, 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 fun experience. Um, but I love the trophies, Matt guys, you know, I, I love spending time with Matt Walsh. Uh, he's such a fun guy to be around. Uh, I look forward. I'll probably see him, you know, just in a couple months at the FSGA conference. Uh, and there's, you know, I always look forward to spending time with him and I loved everything they did down there. I loved all the people they, they drew in. I mean, there's a ton of just awesome, you know, individuals that I've met over the years. They were all at that draft. And they brought in a lot of people, um, so it just looked like a really, really good time. So, LA, if they're on there next year hosting, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to fly down there that weekend. That's for what I'm, sure. I'm, I'm totally like, how many, like, we need to know what cities are gonna be live drafts so we can get our travel plan set up, Scott. You know, we need to be able to buy our tickets. And... <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's what's gonna start happening. I think more, more, and more people are gonna be like, I'm gonna plan a vacation around this draft and just not tell my significant other that's what's happening. Yeah. They're, oh, Jay, there's this yeah. event. I'm gonna go oh, check yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually in charge of this one, but. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they're like gonna put you to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> So do you take in any other kind of content? Do you read a lot of content or you listen to any content or what is your preferred method of taking in content? 
podcasts are the easiest. You know, obviously, I love listening to the fantasy footballers. I love listening to JJ Zacharies, and I love the way he, you know, keeps things real tidy and, and quick. Um, but there's so many great podcasts out there, and I, I'm as for you know, as a guy that that loves to be on the on the pulse of the industry and seeing what people are doing, I dabble. You know, I always pull up different podcasts and listen to you know, see what yeah, what what people are doing out there. Um, reading, I mean. I, as a as a staff a staff member at Football Guys, I mean, few do it as good as they do when it comes right. to the content that they put out and, and the newsletter they put out. It's just so easy to to um to keep tabs with what their you know what their what their content is 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 put, pushing out. Um, so yeah, I love you know I I mostly will listen to podcasts, but YouTube. I mean, YouTube, there's tons of great great um, content creators on YouTube and. And, uh, and I, you know, obviously I'm going to dabble on, you know, what people are putting out on Twitter, but also Instagram There's a lot of good, uh, you know, good content creators in the fantasy space on, um, on Instagram, you know, a guy like, um, um, uh, Smitty, right. With the, the, you know, I just, I love the stuff he does. And there's so many good guys out there that, that are not necessarily on Twitter or really involved in the community that way that are fun to discover and find out there. Yeah, really. That's something I want to also <laughs> discover more people. So, yeah, if you're listening to this right now, like Kevin said, if if there's people out there that we don't know about, hit us, you know, hit me up. I don't know about him, but you can hit me up. <laughs> um, so when you listen to a podcast, what is your favorite type of podcast to listen to? Do you like I, I know you said JJ, he gets to the point and it, it's nice and neat package. But is there like a specific format or specific type of podcast you prefer over the other? Yeah, good question. I, I like to mix it up. I like, you know, I like a little bit of everything to kind of balance out the whole picture. Um, but if, you know, if I had, if I had my say, it would be, you know, I mean, obviously I feel like the gold standard is, is, uh, is the fantasy footballers, uh, obviously, you know, ESPN fantasy focus when, you know, with Matthew Barry and Phil Yates, when they were doing their thing, that was, that was great and everything, but the fantasy footballers have, have nailed it when it comes to that balance of, of fun and, and comedy and, and, you know, and good fantasy advice. Uh, they, you know, as you know, they, they, they draw you in as if you're that next person at the table, just, you know, I'll, I'll be driving down the road. I'll have conversations with the guys and, and, you know, it's just me by myself in my car. Right. So <laughs> yeah. they, they, um, you know, they do it right when it comes to engagement. And I think seeing that is also another reason why I love um, the idea of getting people exposed to new content creators and in you know my home league i wish you know i want to go to a draft one year at, you know a live draft my own draft and see 12 different cheat sheets you know i want everybody in that league to have their own analysts and in, in podcasts that they listen to that are outside of the norm you know stick with the norm you know keep listening to the people on yahoo and cbs and espn but find other people because there's so many great people out there and there's somebody for everybody right there's you know, you you know, someone might not say that the fantasy footballers is their thing, but um, they love you know fantasy pros, right? Oh, you know, and I think that there's a content creator out there or a, a group of creators out there for everybody. So mm-hmm. keep listening, you know, trying to ex- get exposed to more and more um, pieces of content, and you'll find people that you really vibe with, and 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 you know, and I think that it draws you to want to interact with them on social media, and and I think that again also you get more connections that way. And so there's just kind of an evolution of, of uh, you know, the way that you can meet people, connect with people, and then have that grow into, into you know, 
just love for all sorts of different content. Yeah, I mean, when I was just those, you know, just starting out in fantasy football, just finding fantasy Twitter, I found uh, the people that I was listening to. I found her fantasy football. That was kind of my door into getting into the Scott Fishbowl because I want to, you know, and it just kind of like you said, you're you're building connections, and that's another thing that the expo does. I know we were talking about the expo a lot in this episode, but it is, uh, and it's not just for people who put out content. It's for the fans. It's for the people that listen to podcasts and read the articles, come out and hang out with people that you, you know, interact with on Twitter. It's not just, you know, the industry people. And I'm, I, I can't, I don't know if I've said that enough for people to understand that it's not just industry people. Um, how many, I mean, how, you saw how many people were there that were just fans. They were just fans of playing fantasy football. Yeah, so many. I mean, I think Bob did a great job, uh, especially this last year, where where people were deaf. I I was approached by several people that that you know don't create any content, but just love fantasy and and wanted to to participate. So um, that's you know green light when it comes to that. That's uh, definitely something Bob wants um, when it comes to bringing people in as fans mm-hmm. to to enjoy that con- the content in the the week ex- the weekend experience. I mean, it's set up where where it so much fun where you can just go there I, to me again as a consumer and and meet so many people that it, that create great content that you know will bring you to their their sites and and you, all of a sudden you you're exposed to something totally new and and you find you know a great new connection i've heard so many stories about that it's i've met people there that i never knew existed it was so great i've connected with a bunch of people that have podcasts and stuff trying to get them to come on and stuff because it's just like i didn't know you existed until i actually went somewhere where a bunch of us were all hanging out it's crazy to think about it's just it blows my mind i can't even it does for sure for sure when you were there is there anything that sticks out as like some of your like something that was one of your favorite moments or something that's happened there that like was something you couldn't have even imagined yeah let me think i mean the first year i went with two of my buddies um uh and it was again it was we just had such a blast i was saying last year um what blew my mind was the the post expo uh trip to the karaoke bar i mean that was uh that was wild if you've seen footage uh, of that that event i mean just seeing all these people singing karaoke, having the time of their lives, um, that just in a nutshell wraps, you know, ex- you know, shows what that expo is like and, and the connections. And I can still p- see, I can still in my mind picture some of those people singing and smiling and having the time of their lives. That's great. I mean, they talk about it every time I go and I'm like, man, but I, I don't ever stay and so I miss out on all the fun, but I have to live through all the videos. But that's fine. That's fine. Just make sure you guys take more of them when you. Well, for sure. Another, another thing that I thought was just amazing, and I'm and I know you know, is that the the women's the women's panel, right? Oh, yeah. That 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 cool. panel was was incredible. The you know the being packed in that little room and and just immediately the response of hey we need a bigger room next year. You know we need <laughs> we need more time. Cause it, it was, it was awesome. It was the, the energy in that room was, was electric. Um, the, the, the panel, you know, you were on it, uh, was, was just fantastic to listen to and, and gain those perspectives. And, and I, and I would, 
I'm certainly expecting a, a large a large panel next year when it comes to that specific um, topic. We're hoping for it. Well, it was great to be able to like look out in the crowd and see people like you and people that we respect, men that we respect in the industry that respect us back. You know, like because you know it's, that's hard world out there. You know, it's hard world, but uh, <laughs> we're living in it and we're doing what we can. Um, Kevin, before we go. I've had such a great time talking with you. I've learned so much about you and I'm really jealous of your experience with the commission, being getting your, your red jacket and getting to go hang out with ESPN and everything. And, and the pizza hut. I mean, I, I'm a pizza hut fan. So I, I, I promote that. And I, I can't even imagine. Um, I would look a lot different if I had three years of pizza. Hut. Um, anyway, before we go, I want you to go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and what you have going on, what kind of stuff you're, you're doing right now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at Dr. KJ Murray. Uh, you can find FF Unlimited on Twitter at FF Unlimited. Um, that is the website that I, I developed. Um, we have, you know, social media pages on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook um, with FFU, um, which is, uh, again, a total fun passion project of mine. Again, I just love promoting the fantasy industry and the community and, and getting a good exposure for people that that, that deserve it. Um, I am excited to announce that I am starting a Fantasy Football Unlimited podcast. Uh, the, first, uh, the first podcast is going to be uh, out. By the time you probably hear this, uh, this podcast. So with that, uh, there's a lot of different things I'm looking forward to. Um, the second episode of that podcast will explain you know, a lot of what, what I want to accomplish with FFU. The first episode is just kind of a good origin story, a little background um, of, of where I'm coming from. Um, but I think this podcast right here is, is just the, the ultimate when it comes to just explaining my, my experience, you know, and I appreciate you as a host to, to help me explain you know, to share with, you know, where I'm coming from and my perspectives on things. So I'm excited to do that podcast. Um, I think the biggest thing that I want in my life is, is more time to spend in fantasy because fantasy, I love this industry. I love this community. And I'm working on some ways to, to, to be able to dive deeper into this because it's, it's truly a passion of mine and I, I love the people involved in it. And so I look forward to, to just meet more and more people. You can always reach me, uh, again, at connect at fantasyfootballunlimited.com. If you want to email me, you know, give me a call sometime. You just DM me for my phone number. I'd love to talk to anybody who's passionate about fantasy. Hey, that's awesome. And it's so cool. <laughs> I, I had no idea. It's so cool about the podcast. So I would probably talk to you a little bit more about, let's talk to you real quick. About, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> will, you guys have to, you, you guys and gals, you guys, Go, go listen to the podcast, FF Unlimited, awesome stuff. Kevin, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a blast. And everybody out there, make sure you come back for another episode next week or whenever it comes out. Anyway, don't forget to stay rad.